Hello there, I'm joking. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Twisted Miyaki Mugler, and I'm here doing another episode of The Plot Twist. Today's episode is very near and dear to me because um, I like to share real parts of my life when it comes to this show, and I really believe that I'm very heavily impacted by the community that I'm a part of. And the community that I'm a part of did not just appear out of nowhere. Um, there's been a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of pioneers that have come before us. And there is a lot of even people who um, don't even get mentioned and get uh, forgotten because of lack of documentation or archiving. So today's episode is going to be talking about the importance of our community spaces, the importance of our clubbing spaces, the importance of archiving in the Black community. And um, yeah, to do so, I have some really special guests today. Today is going to be much more of a <laughs> kind of conversation. What kind of conversation is that? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, this guy. It just means this guy. Uh, no. Tifali. Okay, so hold on. Before we get to, before we get to music, before we get to music, I want to introduce, I want to read their bios first. Um, then I'm going to introduce the guests. But I'm sure you know who they are by now. So first, I'm going to start with all the way to, I'm assuming it's your left. I'm not sure. I'm just going to guess. So we have Rose Anne Marie Bailey, Bachelor of Fine Arts Honors, <laughs> Bachelor of Education, the Masters of Education, Rose Anne Marie Bailey, uh, 1971. Was I supposed to say that? It's all good. It's all good. It is what it is. <laughs> I just... She is a Jamaican-born artist who began using photography as a medium to document alternative images of black people that offered by, oh, sorry, then that offered by the mainstream media. Toronto-based photographer Bailey is a graduate of York University where she earned a Master's of Education, a Bachelor of Fine Arts, and Education degrees. As an accomplished photographer yes. and artist, Rose Ann has been working in a digital format in the for the past fifteen years, but instills the aesthetics of a historical photographic foundation to enhance the final production. <laughs> that was the Masters of Education right there. <laughs> Her recent body of work documented over 12 years of LGBTQ dance hall scene in Toronto, right here in Toronto, which is why she's here. Her work is closely connected to her passion for image production of black bodies, as this was her deliberate opportunity to capture memories, validate existence, and build self-esteem by allowing her images of her subjects to become a political instrument rewriting representation. Please welcome Roseanne Marie. Okay, our next right beside me right here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you first of all, y'all. I'll let that come in a second. <laughs> Courtney McFarlane is a Jamaican-born visual artist, curator, and poet whose literary work has been published in African, Canadian, and queer anthologies. A longtime activist in Black LGBTQ communities, he was a founding member of a number of groups that were forerunners in providing voice and visibility to Black LGBTQ issues, including Black Coalition for AIDS Prevention, Black CAP, and Blackness, yes, Blacko. Yes. <laughs> the, the, 
organizing committee for Blackorama at Pride. In 2018, he created the Legacies in Motion Black Queer Archival Projects and curated its first exhibition, Siwiya, in April 20. 20- I said that right there. Siwiya. What? Yeah. So that just came out. Yeah. Siwiya in April 2019. The exhibition unearthed and celebrated the political and cultural activism of Black LGBTQ communities in Toronto. Siwiya was exhibited at Band Gallery, which is at Brock and Queen. Y'all better learn your black spaces as part of the Myceum Intersections Festival and later remounted at Archives. Is that was this with the Archives? The archives. Okay, the archives with a Q U with a Q. Queer. Yes. (laughs) His most recent uh, curatorial project is TD's Black History Month uh, exhibition, Joints and Junctions, which we're going to talk about today, presenting Hogan's Alley, featuring the film by Andrea Fatona and Cornelia Wynn garden and the photography of Roseanne Marie Bailey Thomas. This spring, he will be embarking on the research and development phase of a digital archive storytelling, uh, archival storytelling project in partnership with Myceum Toronto. Please welcome Courtney McFarlane. Y'all, we got the people in the place. I heard you say, I heard you guys... I know you heard that black cap, these exo- uh, organizations and bodies that are still thriving right now. Thank you. Uh-huh. The Rudity. <laughs> <laughs> my friends all know that Sunday night time taping. They all do, they all do. All right, so my last one. Um, yeah, I was going to do the... I'm going to read a little bit of the bio just so that I don't get thrown off and then I'm going to throw in my spiel. <laughs> so, Polly Perry is the CEO and event director at Polly Perry Events, co-founder of the Afro-Caribbean Vegan Market, as well as a marketing consultant. She has been a part of Toronto's community for over 20 years. She is one of the pioneers of the Black queer event scene in Toronto, legitimately, okay? So I remember, like, the first time I came to the club, okay? Careful of the story, you know? What kind of story? Okay, yes, because I actually want to even talk about spaces, so I should say the club space where it was. Poppies. Okay. Church Street. I wasn't... I I just had missed, because when I first came out to the club, I just had missed... Um, I think it was Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. I mm-hmm. just missed it. Mm-hmm. I just missed it because everyone was talking about Manhattan, 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 but I'd never been there. And the person that brought me, I'm not going to mention their name. <laughs> okay. Um, no I remember meeting, yes, they're still around, but not in, I don't really see them in the community like that. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I remember meeting uh, DJ Black Hat. I remember meeting Sandra. I remember meeting Nadine. Yes. And I remember meeting... Auntie Polly. <laughs> okay. I'm back in the day. First of all, it didn't even give Auntie Polly. We just started calling you Auntie Polly. I think I just started calling you that when I met Janoy. Oh, no. <laughs> because you Auntie Polly, <laughs> like, when I say Auntie, I always felt like you were like one of the girls. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but Auntie, like, I mean, Auntie Polly. It's okay. I embrace it. I, <laughs> I've taken it on because a Slim Thick is the one that gave me that she, name. She, it must she started be. Do- that yes. sounds so She right. started doing it because I didn't like it and she would do it all the time and then I said, you know what? I have it's something for no you. I'm going to embrace it. Shout out my daughter. Right? Okay. Um, so yeah, so Polly, um, I remember at first she was, it was um, a lot more of a division in the as far as the parties go, between, like, the gay boy parties and the lesbian parties, right? And then I remember um, a couple of... I want to say now... Oh, my God. Like, 10 years ago, when I went to the... Um, the first time I went to a party's party, like, grown, 
I, no, no, it was more than 10 years ago, Twisted. This was at, like... Um... I want to say Courthouse, courthouse. was yes. the first time I went to a potty party. And I was dating my ex at the time. Um, and I remember walking into the space and gagging. Because, okay, so we're used to a certain type of aesthetic and a certain type of feel when it comes to um, the queer scene. Because, of course, a lot of people are not down to work with us and give us spaces, oh, give us all that kind of it's stuff. Hard. So we have to usually work with what we get, mm-hmm. right? And we're very grateful I'm not, like, knocking any of the other spaces that we were in, right? But then I remember walking into um, Courthouse and actually, like, being like, whoa, this is a... Mu- this, first of all, we're in downtown Toronto still, and I couldn't even believe that we're in a venue that looks like this in downtown <laughs> Toronto. And the fact that we were able to have a whole black, queer, like... Pri- it was pride. I want to remember... I want to feel like it was rambunctious in there, too, like... With the like a pride um, party or um, it was one of the pride parties, even the one with um, the the masquerade or no, it wasn't the masquerade party because you had the host, the dread host. Oh, that was pride. Pride yes. party. Yeah, and we were in there, and we and I say we were all just gagging. The place just looked so fab, and it just you started to really make. And I'm not saying this to like read anybody, or whatever, but you really started to make the girls feel like we can really like elevate when it comes to what we do in the community, how we see our party spaces and stuff like that. Um, and it just felt like it felt classy. It felt upscale, even though it was still so black and banshee and all that stuff. Like you still allowed us to be ourselves fully. Um, we were always allowed to be like rambunctious young queens on the stage and all that and stuff. Good. Like, oh, yeah. grateful um but it's like doing it in this space and in this in this venue and i feel like since then people have been trying to like catch up to your standard and catch up to the the bar that you set for us so i really appreciate the fact that um first of all what also i remember too is that you were not only doing promotion and that's why i'm glad i read the bio because i would have been talking about the parties 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 Mm -hmm. parties you've always been working and this was something that you did on the side Mm -hmm. which was also something that i noticed in you that i lived for so much because a lot of people were doing the community stuff more on a full-time basis Mm -hmm. right so for you it really gave labor of love tease because you didn't really need the coin and shit like that like you're working well taking care of yourself well like we could see that on you but the way that you were like so generous of yourself to the community. Um, Yeah, it's, we're standing on that right now. You see what we're digging for, you see what we're striving for. We're trying to be like you, it's no shade. So Auntie Polly, please welcome Polly Perry of Polly Perry Productions. (laughs) What, what? You're gonna make me cry. You're really gonna make me cry. Thank you so um, much. Welcome and um, thank you guys for being here today. Thank Thank you for having us. Yes. the just uh, to give a little bit of backstory on how this came about, guys. Um, they had an exhibit, joints and sorry, junctions, joints, joints and, and junctions. junctions. Can you guys tell us a little bit about the exhibit? And I actually have to give ways to Courtney. So Courtney had reached out to me. Um, he knew that I had a collection of work. Uh, I don't think he knew it, how extensive the collection of work was. So I started doing, um, I guess, photo booths within parties at, back at Share Good Love, 
with uh, SGL. They were the first ones that kind of said, okay, come out with your photo. And my system was so crappy. Like I had like this black curtain, that, the velvet curtain <laughs> that, I tell, up, <laughs> that I had set up and my one little dinky lights that have been that dropped so many times by people it's knocking no it over. <laughs> and um, I really just tried doing it. And in all honesty, I really have to big up uh, Lisa Bailey. So Lisa mm-hmm. Bailey was doing dance hall, like mm-hmm. regular dance hall scene. Plus, on top of it, we had LGBT people in those dance hall spaces already, but didn't feel necessarily as comfortable to uh, express yeah. their sexuality. Mm-hmm. So um, I had worked with Lisa Bailey, um, I think probably, I don't even know, I think it might have been mm, early 90s. I was working at the AIDS Committee of Toronto, and somebody had reached out to me and said, uh, there was a gentleman he just killed himself Mm. in uh, a basement Mm. and he had his hiv status and he was bisexual Mm. not a lot of people knew that and Mm -hmm. so what they wanted to do was a dance hall space and education around hiv and aids so at the at the time i was at aids committee of toronto got black cap involved in a number of different other promoters and organizations that were in the straight dance hall space uh to be able to kind of give some information um I had done some work with Black App in the past, and the idea was to actually now try and reach out to um, this straight dance hall space. Um, but then Lisa was also showing me her work that she was doing for years, like almost 20 years in the straight dance hall. And I was just like, I'm a photographer. And it wasn't a way of like, oh, let me try and compete or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Some of it was like, you know what? They don't have this in, like, I I went to the uh, Manhattans and I went to all these different spaces that were, I had gay friends that embraced me to be able to come in. And so I wrote a paper and I shared it with Courtney. So at 40 years old, I was doing um, my master's and I was doing sexuality. And part of the conversation was around culture and sexuality. So we talk about the dance hall, we talk about the the murder music, we talk about mm-hmm. all of those sexuality stuff. And then you have these dance hall spaces within the LGBTQ communities that were playing these music. And I was it was confusing because I was just like, but wait, you guys are saying that you guys are trying to shut these things down. But then, you know, David Lewis was a person who said, you know, you have to see this in a different way. Mm-hmm. You have to see mm-hmm. it as a reclaiming and being able to as defiance mm-hmm. to Resistance. be able to do that like resistance. Mm-hmm. Right? Some of the music, yep. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that when um, Eric and Franz and those said, come out and do some photography, I said, this is an opportunity to do that. But it was really a way to capture the images and give it back to people. <laughs> and so I think at the time I was charging either $2 or $5 a picture. And it wasn't anything to say, oh, let me make money. It was really like, here's my minimum cost. Right. Be able to give it back. But the reason why I started into photography was um, my mom, I was adopted when I was uh, like five, six. My adopted, my biological mom died around 12, when I was around 12. I didn't have a picture of her. Wow. And so the idea of having a photograph of somebody to actually document people's existence Mm -hmm. was something that I thought, let me give back. And that's one of the reasons why I did photography. And so to be able to do it in in the dance hall spaces and also give back to people, there's some times where 
I would take photographs of people and not charge them. But let me take your photograph because I love what you're wearing. Let me mm-hmm. let me document. I've seen you do it. Yeah. I've seen you do it. Some right. of my girls even have some of your free pictures. I must say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. And 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 I started this thing where I was doing magnets and so, but like Dollarama magnets. I and, still have some of those magnets on my fridge. Right. And some my, of my best pictures. And my favorite photograph of a group of friends is one of those fridge me magnets. Me too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. At your event. Young and Eglinton. Young and Eglinton. Oh my God. Is that brilliant? Six. Six lounge. Six clubs. Six degrees. Wow. Just north of Eglinton. Oh my goodness. And so when Courtney (laughs) said, let me take a look at your stuff, let me choose some things, we're talking about erasure of space. And it's funny because I've been taking these photographs for over 12, 13 years and I've never shown them. And so it was a commitment that I made for with people. So I know that the space that people came in, uh, they had other lives outside. Mm-hmm. And the idea of that exposure of that other life was something that I didn't want to disrupt. I didn't want to actually break. And so, you know, Polly had mentioned that, you know, don't, make sure you do, you get permission to be able to do these things. Mm-hmm. And so as much as we, I had tried to kind of gather people as much as possible to say, can I get your um, uh, get your permission to actually show? And I know some of the individuals as people passed. I also didn't feel the right that I can now show their photographs mm. because of the fact that I was holding this. And in all honesty, like even Coco, who died in 2020, yeah. I have pretty much like I would say about 20 images of her Mm. and I'm feeling like I'm the keeper of this Mm -hmm. but not really sure what to do with it and want to be able to be respectful and do it in a way so even the uh the pictures that are being shown through band gallery I didn't want to make money off of it so what I said is anybody who buys it the money would go to black cap as a way to give back to community Mm -hmm. continue with the council and be able to do whatever it is that they needed to do and so in all honesty, it was just an opportunity to be able to show the documentation of mm-hmm. these individual lives mm-hmm. that are so important mm-hmm. and to be able to show them. And when I say show them in a way that some of the times individuals don't feel like they're being seen. Mm-hmm. And this was an opportunity to say 10 years later, some people I've still been able to kind of show their picture and like, oh my God, I can't wow. remember that. And they look different because they've grown up. They're now like 10, 10 12, 13. They're yes. transitioning, right? All that stuff. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that was, um, I just want to say thank you, Courtney, just mm-hmm. even for the thought mm-hmm. and, and the inclusion of this. So yeah. that's where thank this kind you. of came out. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, Joints and Junctions at Band Gallery was a, a TD Black History Month um, exhibition and Karen and Claudia who are the staff um, the artistic director and the, the lead staff at Band Gallery you know connected with Hogan's Alley and Hogan's Alley is a historic black community um, in Vancouver that was disappeared so for the late part of the early part of the 20th century up until the mid sort of the late 60s Hogan's Alley was a community of black folks um, that had institutions, had churches, had businesses, had residences, and, you know, but always under-resourced, always underserviced. And at some point, the government structures saw it as, as blight. This is like a ghetto, we need to do whatever, and they want to, to build a highway. And so they tore down a part of Hogan's Alley and eventually um, were able to save 
you know, it led to a movement to actually save that part of the area. But Hogan's Alley was disappeared as a result of um, government action mm-hmm. and, 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 and decades of, of neglect. And so I was presented with this video, incredible video by Andrea Fatona and, and uh, Cornelia Wingarden. And I was like, okay, this is Vancouver. <laughs> this is a black community that had been, um, you know, raised, basically raised. Um, and the film, the, the video, um, Hogan's Alley, actually documented folks remembering um, Hogan's Alley and shared images from archives. So the CBC archive had videos. Um, the Vancouver Library had some, some um, images that they ended up putting together to basically tell the story of Hogan's Alley. And I'm not sure how I got from Hogan's Alley, but it was the notion of communities that are invisible, yeah. mm-hmm. communities that, are, that, are precar- that live with precarity, right? Mm-hmm. That they're vulnerable, they're marginalized in ways. Um, and as a result, they are vulnerable to, to being erased, mm-hmm. vulnerable to being made invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, long story short, I, I, I often end up at Manual Life Center to go to the, there's a grocery store in the basement. <laughs> so I go there often. And I often pass this condo that used to be where Manhattan's was located oh, on yes. Bombay Street. Yes. And somehow I was thinking about what would be the, the, the black queer corollary or thought around or connection to this notion of invisibility and disappearance and precarity. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I remember thinking, I remember when this used to be a dance space. I remember when, when, um, um, when Polly and Janet, Janet mm-hmm. you know, the divas, yeah. you call oh, it that time. Wow. <laughs> the two divas wow. used to run Manhattan's. And I remember the energy of the club. I remember the energy of the club on the street in front of the, the club mm-hmm. and that building is now there's a condo there and there's a dry cleaner mm-hmm. where that space used to be and then that was when i thought about okay there are lots of spaces that i remember <laughs> that are important spaces in black lgbtq communities that are club spaces that were transient mm-hmm. that were only there for a period of time and now they're gone mm-hmm. and you know as somebody who's doing archival work you know where are the documents of these clubs so, you know, where are the, the club cards? Where are the flyers? Where are all those sort of pieces that would let folks know who weren't connected to it that something happened here? Mm-hmm. So there's the, you know, the tangible things, the material things that are documents of, of a history and that tell a story of a community. But then, you know, what we generally have is the embodied archives. So the stories of people who partied at Manhattan. Yeah. You know, who got into a quarrel with their lover outside the club. <laughs> who snuck, in, who you know? snuck into the club, went, went drive by five times yeah. to see if there was anybody out. That was that, was that period of time. And, no shame. You know, I, I'm so glad that you were able to do that because I have to apologize. You reach out to me so many times and I just, you know what? I have nothing from Manhattan. From the first piece of Manhattan, mm-hmm. right when we when we built this place, you know, um, because the interesting thing is, you didn't take pictures at Manhattan. No, because that was that was the safe because it was a safe space, and we were let somebody pull out because that back then it was just you know camera phones had just started to come around. Mm-hmm. This is nineteen ninety nine two thousand. Mm-hmm. Let somebody pull out a camera. 
and talk about their taking video or pictures. Mm -hmm. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. I respected the space. We didn't take pictures. We didn't do. I think I have a might have one or two and I, I couldn't find them now even if I wanted to of outside. And these are people that have taken pictures. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, take my picture or whatever, that kind of thing. And that was like on your little Canon. It wasn't a, it wasn't a camera phone mm -hmm. back then. Right. Um, but you respected that. Of course. And I wanted to touch quickly on something that you said about, you know, when you reach out to me, I was like, please get permission because I, and people come at me, oh, why didn't you post my picture? And why didn't you post my picture? Because you know what? I only post pictures of people that I know are okay with it mm -hmm. to this day. Yes. Right? And people are like, oh, you didn't post my picture. Well, first, I don't really know you, mm -hmm. but if you want your picture posted, I can. I literally go through every picture. Not so much now because it's kind of open now and people, people are taking, are, yep. it's not yep. just me, yep. but back in the day, I would go through every single picture and say, no, he doesn't want his picture taken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Put that aside. Oh, I can see this. No, you know, I, I see something in. You know, and that's the kind of work that you have to put in to protect. But it's so sad because if you were not at Manhattan in the early days, mm -hmm. it's so easy for that to be erased because. And so the piece is, is, is photographs are important. Yes. yes. You know, the little, the yes. little um, um, club cards are important. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's there are those things. There's material things, but there's also the embodied archives. So the story you're telling now and you are documenting in this in this piece is is history being documented. Right. And so I think that's something I deal with as somebody who's interested in archival work is is not just the physical manifestations or, um, par you know, paraphernalia connected to events and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and histories, but also those embodied pieces, the stories that only, you know, because you've been there, there. Yeah. and then other people will add to and say, well, no, no, you forgot so-and-so or no, no, that's a quite, that's another club. Or stories that Nadine knows. Yes. Or the story that you told <laughs> Nadine knows going into um, the courthouse at the, the yes. first time, right? Yes. Those are also important pieces that, that need to be, that need to be shared. And so thank you for this opportunity and yes. thank you thank all you. for creating this. Um, and thank you for the way that you do the archiving. It's actually, um, I remember being in your position, even though it wasn't like so long ago when um, TKBA was just mm -hmm. starting. Um, and we were still younger living with our parents. Uh, most of us had that whole issue of not being able to um, be out and post mm -hmm. those things. Um, but we were still so heavily connected and engaged already with the queer community. Like, we were already going to clubs, we were already doing that, but there was this idea of leave no trace. Mm. And when you were, um, even as the organizer, you are now thinking, because you're literally trying to think of everything that even the patrons are not thinking of yes. at mm -hmm. the moment, right? Like somebody might come back to you, like you said, 10 years later, and might be like, um, that picture that we had taken like way back, like I might not be so cool with that. And you have to really consider, um, do I want pictures at this event and stuff like that? When the balls first started, we were thriving on this idea of DL. Nobody's allowed to take pictures at the ball. Put your phone away, da 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 da. Like how you Yeah. <laughs> like how you just said a happy little side of Manhattan. We were doing that at the beginning of balls, but now we're looking back with like this deep regret. Like does anybody have any videos or any pictures of the underground ball in York University hallway where we were in a hallway having a ball mm -hmm. and all of us are like dying so much for that because we talk about it mm -hmm. and as we're talking about it the kids can hear the, of the experience that just 
know it was one of those balls that they needed to be at. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, is there any footage? Is there any pictures? And we're like, no. We cussed everybody out that took out their phone. Like, yeah. we told them it was a thing. And it's a rule that we had as a whole community that nobody can take out nothing. No documents, no pictures. Because it, it was about safety. Yeah. yeah. That's and, and, and I love the piece that you both talked about, which is really about consent. Mm-hmm. And so when you're feeling vulnerable and feeling unsafe, and you all created, you created spaces that made people feel safe to be who they are. And so you need to be really conscious that, you know, whatever you produce or document from that space needs to be something that maintains that and yes. respects folks where they are in terms of their, their, their journey. I even had to change the, the flyers and stuff that I, that I would do because um, with Manhattan, it was just, and I, you know, jokes that have one left. Oh, you have it? An original. An original. Okay. That's all you needed to hear. <laughs> You know how I got it? It's uh, actually a patron who um, comes to all the events. This person comes to every single event and she said, Hey, Polly, you know. I'm going to write it down now. You're going to get me for next year, right? But um, yeah, comes to all the events and she said to me, You know, I have every flyer that you have ever. Wow. given for every event what? so i said no you don't because she was telling the story how i'm somebody made a comment and she was like this woman she's a hard-working woman and this and that i wasn't even paying the person no mind and uh she said you know i have like eight flyers from her first party every time she see me she give me one and she's telling the story so i said if you bring me those flyers you get in free to every event that i ever host the boat cruise too i said yes. <laughs> right i'd go for okay. <laughs> If you bring me everything, and she brought me a box with every single flyer, and I was just floored. I didn't even have some of that stuff. It's a gold mine. It is, and Mm -hmm. she wanted to keep it, but she gave me the duplicates that she did have Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I didn't have it. Because you're doing these events, and like you said, I have a full. I've always had a full time job Mm -hmm. where I'm traveling a lot. It takes up a lot of my time, so I'm doing these events, and I'm cutting and going through. Yep. The marketing, everything that needs to be done, the booking, and I'm not archiving anything. No. And I need to do better. Um, You're not alone. Right? <laughs> I need to do better uh, because I didn't have any of this stuff. And here, this this wonderful woman had this stuff, and she didn't give me half of it because she only had one of most of them. But mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's all I got. And you know, this is the other piece. Like sometimes you may not have it. But there are people like me and some folks I know who keep everything. Right. Everywhere they go, every little ticket stub, every little mm-hmm. flyer, every whatever, that they have it. And you know, Manhattan is actually, there's an article in Now Magazine about Manhattan. A recent article? No, no. This was back in the day when Manhattan was actually running. Mm-hmm. I think I have, I might have yeah. a clip of that somewhere. Yep. Um, there's an article in Extra Magazine mm-hmm. that profiled you and talked about Manhattan. Work. So there are things that are out there. <laughs> okay, I need to go back. To you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I need to I do. Have the but you know what's interesting though, because when you're saying that, I'm just thinking about the person that kept all of it yeah. and the feeling that they had probably to go into a space where she can find other women like her. Mm. So like the value mm-hmm. of the event placed like there was so much value in it that she, she had it. to keep it. it. Yes. And yes. not just this one, mm-hmm. but every, every single every one. one. That is like I, I got chills when you just said that because yeah. I'm like imagining like, yo, this is when people say like from the beginning, like they were rocking with you from the beginning. Like it from really the was. beginning. Mm-hmm. That shit is so fab. And to see that like I know that you probably were not expecting her to actually come back and <laughs> show you all the things and 
when you seen it, you'll probably be like, oh my God, actually, I want you to come to every event for free, <laughs> for real, because, oh my God, like, you made me really feel so, I don't, like, appreciated as a promoter yeah. because you're not thinking, like, this is going that far. No. You know what I mean? For somebody, but, like, when you see that, like, this is real tangible yep. stuff that could show you that people really, really value the work that you've done yeah. because they're holding on to every little bit of it. And, like, yeah, that's, like, that's so dope. I really hope that, you know, we'll get some uh, to see some of those yeah. um, images in the future because and, that's and, some great history. And in terms of the Embodied Archive, you know, is really to have a conversation with you and, and Janet. Yeah. That's something that that's... Let's make that happen. Yes, that will, that will happen. Love but, you know, that. it's an important thing because when I did Siwiya, I had club flyers and I had... Um, you know, I had some from Black Cat. I had some from, yeah, other, from the women's parties, and you know what was really interesting about them? They would have um, a date and a time and a location, but what would be missing? A rainbow. No. What? The year. Ah. Oh. Because you know, in those, you know, yes. you know, it was assumed that you know you're yeah. this is something you're doing you for next one. week. Yeah. This yes. was happening. You know, so there's no people aren't oh, thinking wow. about history and all those sort of things. You know, because yes. you're, you know, you're trying to put it out, get it out. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You're it's not thinking no about this has some historical significance, right? There's an importance in keeping this because you're just trying to make the thing mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. And so you know, when folks keep things, and you're just trying to figure out. Oh, what, what year, year was, was that? that? I know by the length of my dreads. Ah, <laughs> the first few flyers I was on, and my that dreads, hell. I was like, that's 2000, that's 2001. What was I wearing? What size was I? How, I was right. like, oh, you know. Lucky you. Oh, wow. Because you have been, like, yeah, growing your hair for a while, and you've been transforming and all that stuff, so that's dope. Must be nice okay. to have hair. <laughs> okay, like, if that's what we measure time. Okay, so I actually do have some questions for you guys. Um, I can't believe that we didn't even ask one yet. Let's get it together. Um, but we're, we're, we're so there. I'm so sorry. So um, uh, we spoke a little bit about the Joints and, uh, Joints and Junctions project, but we didn't actually talk about the collaboration here. Too tough. Well, a little bit. I yeah. Think, yeah, I think we did. Yeah. In terms was, of how it started was really Courtney, Courtney reaching out. and then yeah. just literally connecting with you yeah. um, after finding out about the images. Okay, so then we can skip over that okay. a little bit. I want to make sure that these things are given to you guys just to make sure. You know, <laughs> we have a structure, even though we're free-flowing and black people, you know, that's how we do. We talk and we free-flow. But I want to make sure that certain things are brought up because I want to make sure that these things are shared with you guys because um, there are some things that I really, really want to talk about. Um so, Polly, since we're talking about uh, spaces right now, I had a question for you. Um, what did you actually notice, like, in the community before you actually threw that first event? Um, I don't know, like, this, I don't know if, like... Um... Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Okay, so, yeah. yes, what no, did you notice? It. And let's take us back to that first event. Um, I came into... I'm not super politically correct, so I came... You know, you want to talk about... I don't call it the straight world, but... The straight world. I came into this community, you know, um, I was excited, questioning myself, the whole new world. Oh, my God, I could be myself, you know. And one of the things I noticed, um, I I love music. You know, my father was, he had a big song, he was a big deal. I grew up around music. I love music. Um, I also, I love to see beautiful people, mm-hmm. you know. I, I love that, right? And when I came into the community, I, and I don't like a division, and everybody has their own opinion, 
But I like to party with everyone. You know what I mean? I have brothers, I have sisters, I have friends, you know, of all genders. And I just, I was never used to going to a space and having the split, right? I understand it politically. I understand it in terms of taking up space. People have explained why over the years. And I wanted to create a space where I could have both because I love everyone. And there's a certain dynamic, and you mentioned it earlier in my parties, where it's like everybody's there and none of the, the, the women have ever said to me that they feel like the men are taking up too much space. Mm-hmm. And that's what I used to always get. Mm-hmm. And I never got that because one, I was a bit of a tomboy. Two, I always hang out with guys. I, I don't feel like people are taking up my space. I didn't get that portion. I understand it, right? So one, I wanted, I would go to Pope Joan and I, then I would pass Red Spot. Okay, could you say Pope right. Joan? Yeah, just, well, that was, this was like... That's a spot? That's like it was a on spot? Parliament? Something like Pope that. Joan? And it was in a house. Yeah. Right? It was in a house, and it was... Uh, it Could I... Is a fair, could I say it? It was a lesbian place, right? Yeah, it was yeah. just women. It's a woman's space. Women's well. space, yeah. right? I've been there. Yeah. 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 Who was it? it? It was Parliament north of Parliament Carlton. North? Yeah, a whole... Is that the one that used to be the Rose? Yes, okay. yes, yeah. the rose, okay? Yeah. So I that was my first introduction where I went there. One, I didn't hear the music I was used to that mm-hmm. I love to hear. They played one and two, maybe Sean Paul. Red, red, wine. <laughs> um, red, two, red, red, wine. I didn't oh, see, you know what I'm oh saying? Nightmares from high school. <laughs> and uh, Dollar Wine with Ahsoka. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, and I also didn't see, and again, everybody likes what they like. I didn't see a representation of the women that look like me mm-hmm. or that I liked, right? And again, everybody likes what they like. And um, as I'm going out there, I'm young, I want to meet people, you know, you want to create a look of hype, you're like, well, this, hey, this is boring. You know where we get our hype? Janet's basement parties. Mm. That was where you would see, that's where yes. I went there, I was like, oh, there's other, there's black women like me. Wow. And there were similar parties for men. For men. Yes. Right? I won't call it like like Joe. The, oh jo- okay, the Joe's parties. It's no <laughs> so, 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 so parties so parties were, were often in, in private spaces. Private, underground yep. spaces. Yep. You had to know somebody yep. Yep. to to find because if I didn't meet Janet, I wouldn't have you know, I met Janet and I was always good with marketing business, that kind of stuff, and she knew everybody. Mm -hmm. So it was a perfect combination at the time. So to answer your question, I didn't see people like me. I didn't hear music like mine. Uh, Red Spot was guanin, but it was like, don't go up, there's only men. I'm like, so? You know? And I realized that there was a whole world of these beautiful black men and um, community, you know? Then I was introduced to the trans community, which I've never come across. And I was like, oh my gosh, Everybody's so beautiful. I want them all in one room. How do I make that happen? And that's why I started to go out and look. And Janet's reason, I think, I hope I can speak for her, she couldn't hold anybody else in that basement. (laughs) She would come down and say, stop hitting the furnace. (laughs) And Janet would come down and she'd be like, stop it. And then she said, Polly, I gotta get these people out of my house. Right? (laughs) So um, it was really wanting to Mm. see people like me, hear the music that I was used to, Mm. you know, the reggae, the R&B, the hip hop, Mm. the house. Mm. You know, Black Hat used to kill it up at Red Spot, but then the women wouldn't go up there. And then there was the trans community that was also 
afraid sometimes to go out and there was a safety issue and where do they fit in? Not with the girls' parties, sometimes not with the guys' parties. And I really wanted to create that space, right? And then as we go into, you know, people, people have come down on me for my dress codes and for my expectations. I was like, okay, well, I'm not saying you can't come, but this is what I am trying to create. Right. <laughs> it's not because the owners of the venues made me do it or whatever. I don't let people tell me what to do. It's because of what I wanted to create because of Manhattan when I started going to, uh, when I started going to courthouse and I had the dress codes. We used to dress up for Manhattan. Mm-hmm. There was no jeans and people dressed up. Mm-hmm. That's what I Just remember. Because yeah. right. it was a Saturday night mm-hmm. that we would go out and people just put it together. So that yeah. kind of followed me, I think, along, you know. So hopefully I answered your question. Yeah, you definitely answered my yeah. question. And before I move on too tough, could we guys, could we go through some club names and just shout them out? Like some old spaces oh, that might, yeah. like people might not even have heard, don't even know what the hell, like what you're saying. But yeah, you just said some clubs that I've never um, heard of. There, or was, even... there was Togethers. Poppies. There was Red Katrina. Time. There was Katrina. There was... Um... What's that place at Dundas? It was, I, I went up there once and it was, I passed it the other day and I was telling my friend about it. Dundas and, Dundas and Church and it was upstairs. Oh, um, like the corner. You know, the, the people in the audience are shouting out the names. Yeah, <laughs> the names. Well, what was the name? Right, 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 right. And you go upstairs and it was a really dark, dingy place. Yeah. I was afraid of that. Yeah. A little bit. I really was. Um, and then 101 I was Tasmanian Ballroom. These are, this is back in my time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there weren't, you see, see, one of the issues is there weren't really black owned spaces. Right. That's, yeah. why, that's why I was going to say there were, that. There were nights, right? It's like the right? Pussy Palace. The Pussy that Palace was, the Pussy uh, Palace was, was a bathhouse. It was, was a bathhouse bath night. 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 Four. Yes. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. There was six degrees that I did. And these were spaces, like, like you were saying, not necessarily dedicated spaces. Well, dedicated mm-hmm. for the time. Like I try to establish good relationships. Mm-hmm. Like courthouse mm-hmm. closed because they got sold to Tyrone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Clubhouse, Six Degrees. Ah, what's the one? Suba Lounge. Yeah, Swallow, yeah. Shallow Lounge. Shallow Grief. Ten names. Shallow, yeah, Shallow yeah. Road downstairs. That was a nice spot. Um, yeah, it was Hacienda. Hacienda turned into a, a something else. Rec Room. Like, right. Yeah, but it used to be Hacienda. What's um, the, not the barn, it was like the barn, and then we had it for a little while, and the owner died. The owner got some scandalous death thing. On, on Church Street? Yeah. Um, and there was a party there. The Marquis of Granby? Yes. Yes. But it was called something before that. The barn. That's the barn? Was, yeah. Stable okay. barn. Barn stables. Um, oh, Comrades. This is, oh, this yes. is the back. Comrades is on, was on Isabella next to, was it Chops? Isabella? <laughs> this is This is 80s. Oh, okay. Oh, you wow. know where Rabba's is? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Rabba used to be, that, that space used to be a gay bar. And the Near space... Fly? He, Fly was on, I think, the other Glass, side yeah. of the street. Yeah, he was on that. It was on the same side that Rabba's on. There used okay. to be a gay bar called Chops. One of the first gay bars I actually went into <laughs> in the in the early eighties. Wow. When I was in high school, seriously. <laughs> and next door was another space. Um, I forget what's there now, but it's um, over just a little bit west of where Chaps was, just a little bit over from, from Rabba's. Mm-hmm. And you go upstairs, and it was a club called Comrades. Mm-hmm. And it had um, a stainless steel dance floor, and it had um, 
a mirrored ceiling. Good for spinning. Good for spinning. Like that that. That was, it was beautiful. But you're lit and you're I have to tell you. Looking yes. Up. It, was, it was a spot. So let's dress up to go there. Yes. And it wasn't particularly, uh, uh, it didn't have a black night or whatever, but mm-hmm. lots, of, lots of black folks mm-hmm. went there. And it was there that I actually went to see Sylvester. Oh, word. You know, my real Sylvester? Yes, yes, I know. In I do 1987. Know. You make me feel exactly. Yes, a few years before he, he died. Um, he had a. a something called the Living for the Seed Tour. That was his big song or album at that time. And Sylvester came, and Sylvester was like my idol from I was like a, a little boy. Wow. <laughs> In the disco 70s, mm-hmm. looking at him on TV and seeing something that spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. As my mother sat next to me, said, was that a man or a woman? <laughs> <laughs> As he did this whole thing. And so, you know, um, Sylvester was near the, near, the end of, near the end of his career and his life, but he was incredibly... Significant, wow. and so we came out to see Sylvester, and I was there with Douglas, and um, Sylvester had this big black fur and splendid. <laughs> anyway, no. long story short, um, I have a button from that night at um, Carl's. Oh, wow. so I'm going to send you my. I'm Comrades, the living for the city. You know what? Speaking of the old spaces, I did have a question that I did share with you guys. I hope you guys had a chance to think about it. Of some of the songs that were really um, thriving in those spaces, like when you think of those spaces, like a song might come back to mind because it might have been the top song in that era. Eat that bitch with a bat. What club? What, what club? Eat that bitch with a bat, Manhattan. <laughs> Black Cat no or shit. Cashmere or Andrew Ennis beat that Cash- bitch with a bat. And they just look over at me. I'll be like, yes. I'll beat that bitch with a bat. Listen, <laughs> that song no stays in my mind till till now. Even my last birthday party, I, I asked Black Cat to play. I was like, <laughs> you know, you back. and that memory. Yes, that song uh, stays with me. Nice. So, I mean, I I actually made a list. <laughs> Nice. Yes, please. I want to. This is important to me. Like this is very important to me. And you know, and and so for me, because there's some of us who, like you know, like disco was like our, yes. you know, as children mm-hmm. when we imagine nightlife and adulthood and glamour, it was like disco music, right? And so you know, in the '80s, even when they were playing others, you know, in the morning they would they'd go old school, <laughs> and so like, um, you taste really of honey, taste of honey, boogie oogie oogie. Evelyn Champagne King Shame, oh, yeah. Diana Ross Love Hangover, of course, Sylvester <laughs> yes. Mighty Real, wow. Donna Summer Last Dance, mm-hmm. First Choice, Let No Man Put Us Under. Okay, I'm there with you on all these songs. Runaway, Lily Adams. I need to make a playlist. <laughs> yeah, this is the yeah. this is the And anyway, and then we go to the, we go to the, is it the 80s or is it the early 90s? Sounds of Blackness, oh. Pressure. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Grace Jones, Pull Up to the Bumper. Oh. Okay, Jocelyn man. Brown, Somebody Else's Guy. Gwen Guthrie, Ain't Nothing Going Ain't on, on But the Red. You got if you want to be with me. Of course, you know, if Black Cat was here, this was for him. Like, Phyllis Hyman, You Know How to Love Me. Uh-huh. Teddy Pendergrass version of Don't Leave Me This Way. Yeah. Anyway, I could go on. Wow. Yes, keep going on. Yeah. I, I, this, I, this, you can send that to me. To me. Like, really soul to soul, whatever. soul to soul, back to life. Ooh, yes. However do you want me? Oh. However, However do you need me? me. Anyway, so yes. those are just, that's just off the top of my head. Yeah. Yes. It's, it, about you, it's actually really funny because... 
similar. My we were in Scarborough. Malvern is where I yes. I live. My parents had the basement parties oh, yeah. with the beating of the furnace and, yes. the, yeah. and 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 the neighbors calling the calling the police mm-hmm. on us and everything. But as a young child, I was in that space and seeing that music, and so growing up in that black space and the flyers mm-hmm. were the little cards, cards. printed oh, yeah. with no images no no nothing fancy and so <laughs> but grew up in that party space and actually now looking for something that just resembled something and i think for the Manhattans and all the other spaces provided me with that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because, you know, one of the uh, perplexed things that I had talked to uh, uh, David about was just the fact that y- you all are playing log on, but step punch it, you mind. And I'm like, I couldn't fathom it. Yes. I'm like, how is it? Yes. It did play. Let's talk it did about play it. Let's talk Manhattan. About it. But it really did. But I remember being on parties and that is a boom bye bye. Yeah. yeah. I've done it. I've played. Boom bye bye. Oh, don't go. Down here. But in in your in your essay, it it was it was it was the defiance, and it it was it was for me to understand how is it that these things are being played in this space, and it was different, and it it, it embodied differentness, and it was actually a way to of resistance, and it was just like for me, I was just like okay, and not not reading it from the normal way that I would in a straight space, mm-hmm. right? But being able to celebrate the defiance of saying, you know, uh, all you guys are singing about Batiman List, look at what we're doing in here. Mm-hmm. And this is, to we're taking song. ours to the same song mm-hmm. in the same manner. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever you say about us, we're just stepping upon it. Like each step that people made mm-hmm. was defiance. And I it was really just was. like, I mm-hmm. it. Oh. It was. I live for terrible that. lyrics, but the beats were incredible. Okay, yeah. what do you want us to do? Like ignore it? <laughs> I was having yeah. a, a chat with a friend of mine, a, a, a big promoter, actually. I was having a chat with him, and it's just that that whole, sh- we grew up in that. Like I said, right. I grew up, you see, my father's days, they didn't really talk about that as much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What's that? What's they, that? Like my dad? What did they talk about? Um, It was a lot of, there was, you know, bad man stuff. There was like nitty gritty and Tennessee mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and... You know, there was Bob Marley, there mm-hmm. was the dance hall people, um, maybe Dandada just came along, maybe Supercat was mm-hmm. young at the time. Um, I was funny, I was watching a video the other day of, of a long time event and Yami Bolo was a baby. Mm. He was a kid on the selector. On the, I didn't hear a lot of that mm-hmm. in the music. The, the way, homophobia. Yes, the mm. way it is now, because mm. a lot of the songs, a lot of the old reggae songs were... Uh, very social and political. Mm-hmm. They were conscious. Yeah, they were conscious mm-hmm. about even the bad man songs. Them, you know, it was it, it was very political, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then they started with all this violence. Mm-hmm. And before mm-hmm. the bun me thing, it was nyam pum pum. That was the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bullcat, <laughs> shut a bullcat. You understand? I shot this boy after that and blah, 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 in pharma every every year or something right, different. Right, in pharma, right? You know, where they want to yeah, kill somebody every year. Track. Now mm-hmm. everybody's doing it and it's like they're on to the next thing mm-hmm. and they'll be on to the next thing soon enough. Yep. But, I've, right. I've, been, I've been in, I have to say, I have been in straight spaces or I call them mainstream spaces mainstream, where queer oh folks are, are there and they've played those songs mm-hmm. and I have 
with my friends, gone up to the DJ and asked them to mm-hmm. take it off. Yes! I said I letters. Have. Yeah, I said I have. about that. I, yes. I have. I have. In the straight spaces. I have. It also changed how artists were now, and reggae artists were now yeah. recording. It, and and it, 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 they were, what, what they would call censored or whatever, people were now having to now stop doing something. So I think yeah. there's resistance and things are coming up now and stuff like that, but you don't necessarily see it in the same violent way as it used to be within a certain extent, right? Cause, cause and, artists, or being played Because people organize, yes. stop murder exactly. music, you exactly. know, we can call some right. names. Yeah. People yeah. organize yeah. And, and it became a thing. Yeah. It became yeah. a thing about, about you know, hitting them in their pocketbook. Yeah. And or stopping them from stop. performing. Yes. Or getting a visa. visa. Yes. Right? They couldn't fly so they said, and you know, perform anymore because, yeah. right? Yes. So, you know, you know, as folks who get marginalized, there are ways in which we sometimes internalize some of that shit yeah. that we get given mm-hmm. and normalize some of that 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 language and that music that is very much a part of our culture, yeah. even though it's 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 anti us. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I, I loved when I read your your essay piece where that young man talked about being at Manhattan and 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 hearing that music mm-hmm. and i was really interested in the way he talked about it and thought about it. what right. it meant for him and mm-hmm. his friends as as black queer identified men caribbean men mm-hmm. in this space mm-hmm. hearing and dancing to that music yeah because yeah, when the murder music campaign first came out i was actually already clubbing mm-hmm. i definitely was clubbing mm-hmm. and i remember like that's why i remember it being a thing and when the first was like brought up in like conversation i was giving very like thus i guess like it, it comes to the territory mm-hmm. of dance hall mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. right um so i was always like okay they're never really gonna get through with mm-hmm. this um thing because it's just so ingrained in the culture mm-hmm. so yeah like it didn't make a difference to me it, it made a difference now and you know now it bothers me mm-hmm. it didn't then and that was my young defiant side too because I was there when it came on I would you know I could see the energy and that defiance I could see that in the youths in the club Mm -hmm. now it bothers me I have reached out to large promoters and venues because I know a lot a lot of people in in different communities Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, we respect each other and Mm -hmm. you know what I have to say that a lot of those people in the mainstream community, they reach out to me for guidance too, mm-hmm. and they ask and they talk to me about stuff, and I point out stuff to them. Yep. Not in the way where, not in a aggressive, <laughs> but in an educational way. Right. Well, I'll say, listen, you don't, I remember writing to um, a promoter one time and outlining everything. I went to a huge party and I said, I want my money back. Mm-hmm. Because I counted two songs that you played, mm-hmm. I go to this event all, and I didn't want to anybody in class i go to this big event all the time and i said you played two songs that you did not need to play and you did not need the forward because the party did shut yeah you don't have to do it and i said i am not trying to change you i'm not going there i don't care but i want my money back my friends want their money back because if you think that you are not represent like we don't support you i said i was in that place and i knew half the people in that place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if you want me to reach out to my community, I can. It's not a smear campaign. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting them know that you don't want them there. Yes. Yes. Let's make yep. this clear. Yep. Either you clean it up, yep. two songs. I'm the- not asking you to change anything. 
Because that, that music makes makes the space because we're okay. it's part of our community, yeah. right? So we don't just go to to, to LGBTQ space. We we go to com- broader community yeah. spaces, and we have a right to feel safe but my in those spaces. Are uncomfortable, like they I'm used be. to it. So and I feel that away, was, so I take that, that time that to go yeah. to the bathroom or yeah. something because like, now I'm feeling some oh type of way. But my straight friends start stop dancing I, and they feel like well they're not really cool with this or they're kind of like. You know what I'm saying? It's not okay. It's uncomfortable, not not just for me. It's uncomfortable for everyone who is there. And it's good that we we now have allies, right? So it's not just us saying we have to cut that off. When we were feeling weird about it, like we were used to feel weird about it, but nowadays, even when we do feel weird, they'll stand up in our space and look at you and be like, "Um, but isn't... There was a meme about that, right? Are you really going (laughs) to allow this... Are you dancing to this? Or are you like right in front of you, right? Yeah. Like, aren't we supposed to be mad at this right yeah. now? Like, yeah. yeah. I'm glad the times have changed. And I actually wanted to mention that, like, um, you mentioned being on both sides of the same thing just now, like when you were the young, yeah. defiant one. Um, and of course, in your heart, you're st- you in your heart, you still had the same feeling. It's like we're still trying to do progression, progressive work, progressive work, mm-hmm. and that looked different in the future when you were older and on the other side. But in your heart, it was still in the same place, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, People like do things may have do things in a certain way now, mm-hmm. but in a couple of years things might change in we the dream. world and people change, we right? Can change, so we can exactly. grow, we can be educated. And both of it was in to yeah. me yeah. done from the right place. Yeah. And it both it looked two different ways. Yeah. But I just wanted to I'm glad you mentioned like that juxtaposition. I hope I'm using it in the right context. You are absolutely I like how you brought that up and it showed the two different sides of it though. Um that I think that was really powerful and important to um speak to. And um, just because I also don't want to go over time, um, I did have something else I wanted to ask before, because you know we're actually really, really close to that time. Oh yes, we just spoke about some of those songs. Yes. Um, so um, ah, no, Courtney, you did actually mention already how you first discovered your love for archiving. You meant you used to just collect little things you were saying, but can you go back? Can we talk about that a little? You know, bit? I don't know if I had a love for you know. Well, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have called. I wouldn't have called it a love for archiving. I was just maybe it's the Cancerian in me, but you know I just keep stuff. Oh, you're a hoarder. <laughs> oh, I know. A hoarder. That's what you mean. Okay, it's bad. But you know, from a like every little thing, the little card I used to get from my teacher saying, "Oh, blah blah blah." blah. <laughs> I kept. I kept everything. That's beautiful. And you know, it as is. an adult, um, things I would go to, things I would see, things I would like, things I was in or was a part of were all things that I somehow kept. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't file them any, any kind of particular way, but I would keep them in a folder, I'd put them in an envelope, and then I noticed when I actually went to do um, the CWI exhibition and was going through my archives, that I had, <laughs> every year I had a, a folder that had stuff. Um, and then I have friends. So, so we, some of us do it. Like yeah. a photo album yes. is an archive, yes. right? So we, we all have it, some to, to some or lesser degree. Some people are just like, if it's done, it's gone. If it's a year later, you know, I don't want to see it. So there's some people who are very much like that. I try not to be like that. But I think about my friend, um, Junior Harrison. Mm. So when I went to do the CWR show, you know, Blockarama and IMN, that was a black gay men's group from the 90s, were important parts of the show. And, you know, Junior, for the number of years that we were part of the core organizing committee for Blockarama, had an, uh, an album for every year that we wow. organized Bakarama that had notes from meetings, flyers, posters, you know, all our correspondence with wow. pride. That's like, <laughs> that's fab. Gold. 
Um, there's a beautiful image of us um, doing a walk. We're in Queens Park, and it's the the AIDS walk. Mm-hmm. And beautiful image that was actually in Share magazine. And so I have this old copy of Share. Share, 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 mm-hmm. Share. Wow. Caribbean. Wow. Yeah, this was work, in the work, early work. queer people. Early nineties. You better fucking early nineties. They had this image of, of the group of us. My church. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and your barber shop. Yeah. And your Caribbean grocery store. Yes. So in 1991, this <laughs> um, this beautiful that. photograph is there, and I had this old share. I'm just like, what am I doing this? This yellowed old share. Mm-hmm. Flip through it, and there's this beautiful photograph of a group of us wow. at that walk under in the family section. So under over our, just above our heads is this big thing that says family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was That's talking to Andrea Fotona, who's the, the, the video maker who did the Hogan's Alley thing, who was my consultant when, when I was planning um, Siwia. And I, I showed it to her and she's like, you know, Courtney, sometimes you can contact the magazine or look for the credit, the photo credit mm-hmm. and contact. You can find whatever. Anyway, I followed her advice. I found the name of the person who had taken these photographs. Stephen, I forget his name right now. White man, mm-hmm. Canadian who worked at Cher for over, I think, almost like two decades. Wow. wow. And had negatives. Yes, us photographers don't throw negatives away. <laughs> of every single <laughs> of every single photograph he took for Cher magazine. Yeah. Wow. And so the image of Willie Ninja, when we did... Um, oh, the one that was referred? Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes Willie Ninja, when, we, when Aya did... Um, um, we had a party for him when he came to launch um, Paris is Burning. Um, those were taken by Stephen. Mm-hmm. And he had, so, so I told him, so I said, well, this is a photograph for one. He's like, oh, what else do you want? <laughs> so I explained the prog. He's like, oh, Willie Ninja, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Faith, no, like, work, work. He had, um, so, you know, it was collecting. Yeah. Collecting and keeping, keeping memorabilia, basically. And it wasn't until I was actually starting to connect with the archives, which was formerly the Lesbian and Gay Community Archives, now the archives. Quives. <laughs> that this this notion of the archive as an institution and archival archiving as a as a practice mm-hmm. um that is political and cultural as well as this historical you know that i i recognize that the things that we were keeping <laughs> were important documents yeah. Yeah. because they they tell a story those know? photo albums as well like i know um, as a photographer, as I said, like I have um, binders mm-hmm. of all my negatives. Yep. So as a photographer, we keep those. And mm-hmm. as we go into digital, I know that people will use their phone and do their stuff. Print them. Yes. Costco, Walmart, anything. Print it. Because the fact is that those memories, as you change over phones, as mm-hmm. things get they deleted, they're, they get stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was mentioning before, like I had four hard drives that were stolen in a break and enter and the people only wanted to erase it and use the and use it and sell the hard drive to mm. somebody else right because all that space on it probably. it's because of right, space right right right, 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 right. but Self-ish. the loss Ooh. of those uh, the memories mm-hmm. that are lost and that's why those photo albums are mm-hmm. so important especially mm-hmm. if anybody has old family members who have alzheimer's Print their photo album because the tactile process mm-hmm. of actually going through helps, helps them with their memories. Yep. Wow. So do print your stuff, print them out, put them in a photo album, just keep them safe and just keep that. When, when we did the Siwia exhibition, um, up in the up the second floor of the gallery, of the band gallery, 
there was a table, and around, mm-hmm. on that table, I kept um, the black the book with the picture of the yes. Blockarama, Blockarama, yes. Black yes. Cap, I all those albums, that book. and that yes. was the table where that was where people were most. So you see images of people sitting and pointing That's themselves right. out. There's a story of a man who used to be an Aya who. Um, Karen was there one, one afternoon and he had gone into the gallery and he was sitting around the table and she was in the office and she could hear, she could hear sobbing. So she went over to him and he was there looking at the album and he had his finger on the photograph of, actually it was Duchess. Oh. Um, he was, he was a close friend of Duchess. And, you know, just the whole, you talk about the, the, the tactility, the yeah. sensual, the whole piece around the physical connection of this yeah. object, you know, triggered, triggered his memories. And she texts me, I'm like, what's he going to She said, oh, no, he was okay. He actually wanted a, a copy of the photograph. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, you know, archives are only useful if they're useful. Right. <laughs> you know, in terms of sharing history, mm-hmm. in terms of triggering memory, in terms of people sharing stories. Um, and so for me, archives have a point and purpose. That's not about institutions just having our stuff no. locked away and filed away for, right. for people so to come and study. Like library. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, so it's interesting you say that because I, I'm a huge history buff. And one of the things that I love to do is go through physical archives. Mm-hmm. I love, I love going through any papers, books, just pictures um i forgot what you call those we had them now i'm aging myself we had them in high school at the library oh and then microfiche, you, microfiche. Yes, yeah, yeah. Right? yes like wow yeah so and you know and histori- historians when they're going to tell the story so when and andrea and um cornelia were making hogan's alley they relied on archives and when i did the artist talk with andrea one of the stories she told which i thought was really incredible interesting was that she was in the, she went to the Vancouver Library to look for information around Hogan's Alley, and she was looking for, for images of black people. Mm-hmm. But they weren't, they weren't filed as black community or black, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. they were kind of sort of randomly located. Mm-hmm. And she had to go through and to kind of discern and try to guess and to mm-hmm. kind of locate blackness within those archives wow. because it wasn't identified. Yeah. Wow. Right? Because we are missing. So the archives. You know, these formal archives don't have us in there. No. <laughs> and and we the erasure of human beings. Yes. And the people who we um, will miss or who have passed. And, you know, working at Black App, we tend to have those photo albums. But, you know, that institutional memory, if it isn't passed on, then it's from one move to another move. And people don't necessarily see that as important or throw away this because it's not part of that and it's the disposability yeah. of individuals as if they never existed mm-hmm. and the work of individuals when yeah. I went to mm. do the exhibition I had the Aya banner um, I had you know um, fabric from Blockarama mm-hmm. I wanted to find the black cap the original black cap banner that we marched with in, in the early 90s mm-hmm. and I couldn't find it and Shannon said you know Courtney I think it was one of those things that was lost when we did the move because somebody saw that work. Somebody saw that and just said, oh, this old piece of cloth. <laughs> just just dash it away. And I remember thinking, you know, I spent how much time yeah. sewing it, screen printing it, you know, all those sort of things. And, and to think that somebody is just throwing it away because it wasn't important to them. At that time. Yeah. Right. And understanding legacy too, right? Yes. I think we're so, even when I think about like the stuff that I've done and, you know, you talk about Blockarama and 
I, I don't know if you guys understand how important that event is. Like, how uh, I look for coming out as a young person in this community. Blocko, how I when when we used to be able to go and everyone could monumental. go. Mm-hmm. Right, there was in the beer garden mm-hmm. and you know the restrictions on age. Yeah, the stuff. grannies, the little babies. Right, mm-hmm. that was one thing that I would never miss no matter how hungover I was from my parties <laughs> or how messed up I was. Like, I've never been to the Dyke March because I was always drunk. I was right, something in the night before. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a party the, the night before. March. You know, you you were doing your dance all things the Friday nights before, two after. Like, it was like, you know, so, but it was so important because it was the one place that I would see everyone. Mm-hmm. People that I didn't see all year long. I knew that in that space, mm-hmm. I would, and you could take your whole family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. Now you know you got to be nineteen and over, mm-hmm. etc. Whatever. It's, but it's a it's a different space, no. but it's still a significant it's, space. Yes, yes. So for me, I will yes. I will it say it is it's for it's me. It pride is, is blockarama. That, that's what it yeah. is for me. You know, yeah. And that I, was the only space we had. That was you know it's a public space. It was an accessible space. Maybe a little less so now, but it still serves the same purpose. Yeah. For me to see the range oh. of us. Black but the question, but the question is, how do we now make it so that it remains that way? And we've probably outgrown that oh, space, right? Well, that's, a, that's a whole other. That's discussion. a whole other show. <laughs> yes, yes. But I have to say. Mm-hmm. You know, Block Rama has celebrated um, maybe a few years ago. It's 20th anniversary. Yes. Yeah. So there is a crew of folks, you know, we know their names, yes. some of them, who have been carrying yes. and doing the work of Block Rama and battling with pride, <laughs> you know, to keep that space because yeah. that space is so significant. Um, and I think whether the space is like the biggest Block Rama or small as a, as a club night, they're all important spaces for us. Yes. It is. Yeah. And when I talk about legacy, yes. as we, you know, we have the, the whole social movement in 2020 that's continuing into 2021 in terms of, you know, BLM and a lot of the different things that are happening uh, in terms of awareness. One of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm so strong-minded about is if we're going to change anything, we need to rewrite the history books for the next generation. That's where it starts. They call it counter-narratives. Okay. (laughs) And this is a part of that. You know, it starts from archiving because all these communities, all these black communities, um, queer history, you know, um, we've got to start documenting that and putting those things, Hogan's Alley, Mm -hmm. you know, different communities that were, I forgot what the community is called, but there was a huge, thriving black community in downtown Toronto that they talked about. It was called The Ward. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These things need to be put into the history. Or there are lots of black folks at the ward. Yeah. Right? Um, history needs to be rewritten to include everyone. And mm-hmm. not just right. black people, but everyone Proper that history. was excluded yeah. Yeah. over time. And yeah. this is the only way that we're going to bring everyone together and have everyone understand that everybody's made a contribution. Yeah. And that contribution needs to be included in the history books as we go forward. Yeah. And the work that you're doing, is both of you. Is making sure that it goes in the down. It's going to be a big part of this. Mm-hmm. It's happening now. It's happening. You know, and it, the piece is, you know, we're talking about archives. For me, archives and, and exhibitions are really about telling stories. Yeah. And, you know, it's past the time where we have our story told by people who aren't us. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there are lots of folks, you know, not just me, but there are lots of folks who are in all their different ways, including creating art, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> including doing this kind of thing that you're doing, um, Twisted. Um, that we are telling our own stories. Yeah. yeah, I think the other part is that there's a value to 
age, right? Yeah. Where some of the times, because the images of these youth um, at these parties are so young, that there isn't a value to them because they don't have the institutional wisdom or they don't have the experience and it's so easy to dismiss them mm -hmm. because of their age mm -hmm. and their representation and the fact is that the documentations that i hope coming out of uh this is being able to see these individuals as holding space mm -hmm. and making space mm -hmm. and to say that we belong here mm -hmm. and we are worthy of being represented mm -hmm. regardless of how old we are and yep. being able to kind of say Let's let's document them. Let's put them. Let's yeah. give them back their images because they're the ones who will feel that self-esteem to say, yeah, that's me. That's how I look 10 years ago. Mm. And I still going to take that. Right. Right. I actually do want to take some time and actually go through the slideshow. Some of my favorite yeah. images. Um, Looking at it. Focus on, yes. Let's take a look at these pictures. So I actually know them. Yeah. Um, shout out to the three of them. Can we say names or? Yeah. So okay. I saw um, I saw the names on the bottom. So yeah. I'm gonna say the names that they wanted to be addressed as. Okay. So yeah. Chino, Alex, and Duran. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, shout out to three of them representing oh, the two four two from the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and still the Bahamas. I remember like um, it's dope. Um, even for them because they were like brand spanking new back then. Yeah. And like now they're really really like adjusted, comfortable. You know. Found they're, community. Yes, yeah. right? And so looking back at that picture, but it's dope though because they're still friends, the three of them. Mm -hmm. And like, that's nice to see. Can we keep going through the, um, let's go to the next picture, please. Okay. Oh, this uh, is a beautiful one to start with. Rest in peace to my sister. Yes. The lovely Samaya Dalmar. And her boyfriend and her had boo, also, yeah, had Prince Bradshaw, rest in peace. I actually knew him from the bottom community in Buffalo as well. So that's when I first met him. And I knew Samaya um, before she even uh, was time. living as a woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and seeing her transition, it was so funny too, because watching her transition, um, when we talk about people, how we might want to dismiss them or devalue them at first, right? Like... Uh, I must even call my own self out because, like, I, when I was younger, was, like, real extra sometimes about a lot of stuff, right? And me, I'm, like, we had her and her older self at first. Like, we classed, like, we were always cool. Like, I was always cool with the girls, whatever. But we would have some arguments and whatever, whatever. And then when she decided that she was going to become Samaya, something in our relationship really actually changed. Um, because I saw her, I don't know, something was just different about her when she became mm -hmm. Samaya. Um, and our relationship changed, like, mm -hmm. for real. Um, I guess, like, it sucks that we had, like, it took time for me to, like, see her as something, whatever. But when you're young, you're ignorant, you know, you're trying to be the baddest bitch in the club, so you don't really care for anybody else that's bad, right? So, yeah, hold on. Go back to the um, picture that just passed, please. Um, it's another one of my favorites. The one that, this one? No, the yeah. previous one. Right, the yeah. previous one. Sorry, could you go back to the previous picture, please? Oh, it's on a slide. Oh, it's on a slide. So we can't just manually go back? Um, I mean, we can give it a try. Yeah, can we please? Um, Is there a keyboard? Yeah, let me just jump on that right quick. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. No worries. And this is Rosie. Yo, let's see if we're going to see the three of them now. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> and you know what? When I look at this slideshow, I just feel 
family. Yes, mm-hmm. thank, you. Like, thank you. Thank you. I thank you. still speak go to back all these people. There we go. Nifa. Nifa Fitat. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, I don't see her too often. Those girls just run the dance hall. They used to run the dance hall. When those girls walk in the club, you know. <laughs> for yeah. real but I'm just like and the thing about going to the club though um, that was so interesting to me I guess I thought that I was going to feel like the dance hall would give a different energy mm-hmm. when I would go into the dance hall gay parties it feels like you're walking into like a real dance hall party it just might be on different bodies or whatever because mm-hmm. some of the guys might wear something different but girls like Fitas would give Trust you the me. real we kept it authentic hall. Okay. Yep. And when you brought oh on your God. stuff too, you continued the authenticity. Yeah, yeah trying to make it raw. Okay. Like, girl, we don't care about how fat you want to dress us. Dress for, yep. for dance. Just to skim out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Look how see Pasa in her in the tights. And okay, that, was, that was a sheer Hey, listen, tight. you can touch Pasa in Pasa was dance hall, you know. In the heel like that. Do you remember Pasa's that? Pasa's calm now. Oh Pasa was dance hall, you know. You can yes. touch A. Shout out to Pasa and shout out to Raleigh, now yes. King, who's actually a music artist. Yeah. Doing yes. the thing internationally between LA and Toronto, doing like driving for his dreams. So yeah. seeing that is dope, man. I Aww. love this. Yes. I love this photograph. Because I see love. Yeah. You know, that, that, that kind of connection. And I have so many of these love pictures. It was yeah. amazing. Ugh. And the idea is that people pose how they wanted to. Yeah. You just presented yourself as in maybe four or five pictures. Mm-hmm. But it was really up to, I guess, what we would call formerly the sitters mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to say, here's what it is. Take this picture. I want this picture. Mm-hmm. This is so much you see in there. Yes. Is that their name? I don't know if they want their other names. No, no, no sorry. Yeah. So there are they like so there are a couple, right? I don't know, right? Okay, sorry, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 okay yes. no problem. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. No problem. Coco, my sis as oh, well. Yes. She actually just passed last year. Yeah. Um, late last year. Rest in peace, Coco. That was a girl who was always, yeah, like you said, ready for the camera. Yeah. Never spoke much. Hilton, like Paris Hilton. Never spoke much. I have so many pictures of her and one part of my essay that I had shared was multiple pictures of Coco as she went through oh, yes. her different stages and Coco was one of these people that when she came in I was just like just let me take your post that's picture. it I'll give you the thing you don't even have to pay just let me give it to you and so and quiet yeah, yeah she really never spoke much yeah. she really was the girl that if she's talking she's dunning you yeah. it's one of those <laughs> like, <laughs> like she, you know, she never really spoke much um, yeah, Coco, but she was like, she has a big presence about yes. her. Um, She's I even beautiful. remember her, I met her when we were like, I was just like 16 or 17 when I met her at House of in Real Time. Um, at first, we used to be Vogan in Seven's house, and her, Pooh Bear, and um, O'Shane oh would come, yeah, and we would, they would come by, and then she was still already the quiet, the attitude never changed, eh? Nope. No matter even though the physical form changed, the attitude was mm-hmm. always the same. Mm-hmm. Like that. That attitude, that really sassy, quiet mm-hmm. attitude, she always had up until the end. So and she brought it up. every time she came every in front of the time. camera. This is another one. Oh my God. I love this one. Okay. Oh my one. God. Katalia. Another person that embodied dance hall mm-hmm. to the T. Okay. The outfits, the short yes, yes. shorts, and body. the crop top. I didn't even yes. like because sometimes I had to take a second look from behind. Like if it was from behind, I was like, <laughs> the body was the, <laughs> 
and nephews that I Yo, sometimes if I see them from behind, I have to be like, oh, oh, hi. Right. <laughs> I didn't heavy. know. Right? Heavy, heavy. Listen. Yes, how we Listen. love them, how we love them, how we love them. That's oh, Cassidy. Cassidy. Oh, yes. yes. That's one of Toronto's only Toronto-born dancehall kings. Can you talk so about core and out. body control? And the fact, how, can we talk about the fact that he can do everything from and then like until back. now? Let's talk about While that. The rest of he's us also an 89 baby, so he's born in the same year as Twisted. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. And he looks like he's like 24. Like that. And he still yeah. looks like that and moves like that. There's Katanya oh, and yes. Pasa. Yes. These yes. were my favorites. Like, these Beautiful. were my muse. Mm. There was a cute, a couple other, like, Rez uh, was also another one. Mm-hmm. And that was just, like, every single time they were, wow. like, my muse. I have like, such great images of these individuals. But because of, because the whole art of them. their presentation, yes. right? Yeah, so they created the creativity and they the, the did it for that reason. Yeah. They, they actually did it for the reason. Oh, they're like, oh, someone's taking pictures now, girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's dress up now. They came to every single event on point. on point with their, and they made their outfits. They mm-hmm. created their yes. outfits. They pieced yes. their outfits together. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. This one was Caravana. That was Caravana. Wow. I'm really glad I got all these pictures of Italia and Pasta, man. This is really taking me, this is taking me through it. Red carpet. Oh, my God. I remember this year. Yes. That was not a good year. (laughs) (laughs) Keep moving. Parties that year. Let's keep it. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Well, that we, was had, a year. we had a good time. That was we had some good parties. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, this, this, this is the real shit. This is the work of the archive, right? Yeah. This is the work. Uh, of you look at the pictures you. and it just memories and and you. Yeah. And my one of my favorite images. Yes. Shout out to them. That's the one I saw. Duran, um, Alex, and Chino. And you notice it's the tongue sticking out that, that, that makes that picture. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just that one move. <laughs> and it's interesting because I have different pictures of different events. And if we actually put them all together, we'll see the personas and the... The different attitudes the different for that attitudes day. Attitudes yes. and, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's performance, right? And, it and is. playing. Yeah. Playing with presentation. Yep. And I look through, I watch, and I, I see... I talked about earlier about family, right? Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes I look through my phone. I, I keep stuff in iCloud, and, and sometimes I look through, I go through my hard drives, the older ones when I'm trying to clean them up, and I see pictures of myself and of other people, and I'm like, wow. Oh, we, we're all growing up. We're mm-hmm. all, we've all grown together. People mm-hmm. that you know went through school. I was telling a young man the other day, I won't say his name because I don't know if he's... And I was saying, happy birthday. I was saying, you know what? I've been watching you since you were 17 years old. I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I went through everything that I've been watching him do. And he's like, wow, Auntie Polly, I didn't know that mm-hmm. you were watching. You know? Yeah. And there's just so many of these young people out there that you just watch them grow. These you spaces know? were not just spaces of, no, they of, of dancing or whatever. Spaces of, of kinship. Yeah. Family. Because a lot of people don't yes. have... No. Have family. This That's is it. This is all we. This is all we have. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes and yeah. sometimes all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so these spaces and and the archives, you go back and you look at it and you're like, you know, this this young woman would call me almost every morning. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't until I got this iPhone 12, <sighs> and it messed up why I lost those messages, mm. and. 
I think it was because she knew that I was one of the few people that were up so early. Mm. Rise and grind, auntie. What are we going to get that money? <laughs> that was the thing. You know, as right. she had transitioned and the difficulty she went through and mm-hmm. obstacles and changing her life and going through the next phase right mm-hmm. before she passed, unfortunately. It's like, you know, you go back and you look at these things. I just, I talked to um, Nifa the other day, a quick message on thing. You know, these young men, I see them all the time. It's just, it's deeper than we even know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we get into this kind of environment where we start talking where we realize how much this means and how much we really mean to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? These spaces are not just about dancing. Yeah, at all, not at all. Yeah. Um, and I thank you guys for all the work that you've done um, as one of the pioneers, as one of the pioneers and as one of our archivers. Um, <laughs> no, I mean that for real. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like wow. seriously, because of... Um, the work that I'm able to do today, um, I wouldn't be able to do it if you guys had not done the work that you have done before. So we're literally just continuing in the path that you guys started for us. So Legacies I'm, in motion. Legacies mm-hmm. in motion. And thank you for that. Um, thank yes. you for that. And you as well, I know you're back there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> doing big things. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, you guys are doing... I appreciate her so much. Trust yes. me. Like you guys can like yeah. Like yeah, I, said, yeah, I yeah, always yeah. say powered by Crommy TV for a reason. <laughs> um, so before we close, um, I would like to. There was one last thing that I, I put down in here, and I we kind of skipped over it that I didn't. We're going to use it to just uh, say our last words. But if you can think about, because you were talking about being older in the community, um, if there's like a person, because um, uh, let me show you how I came up with this by the way, because I was watching. Um, Grinder has a YouTube channel as well, and mm-hmm. they have um, this thing called Older Gaze, right? <laughs> um, it's a great series. Like at first, I thought it was like supposed to be a key, right? But then I actually watched it and I listened to, it. I watched like every one of their videos, mm-hmm. um, and they're talking about like one of the videos. Basically, they're talking about like aging, actually talking about it, and looking at old pictures of themselves, mm-hmm. like in their teens and twenties, mm-hmm. with some of their boyfriends that was then that might not be around now, mm-hmm. or like friend that was like a best friend that's not around now, something like that. And mm-hmm. they kind of just spoke to it um, because it's a part of life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like when you're young watching it, it makes you you're a lot you feel a lot of anxiety watching it, especially when you're seeing people dying around you. That because you know we already know that everyone's gonna make it to yeah. the age that you guys have made it to, right? Um, or even my age, people haven't even made it. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> that pick! Oh my god, shout out! Let me tell you right? this crew but, now. I can tell some stories. Okay. about this crew but I won't <laughs> but as we age I just like like I said we just feel this anxiety that comes over us when we're seeing people dying and in the world like the way that the world is going so hearing um, people who've lived hearing the stories of people who like made it through like their entire lives essentially and that is just a part of their story they were just able to just like mm-hmm. and just talk about it and just kind of thing <laughs> so with that in that energy because I would just I just found it so fascinating for them to like just share a little whoop whoop so I would love it if you guys can um, just share a memory that you might have um, with an old friend or an old lover. They don't have to be a, a past or nothing because they were not all past in the one. video. But just some, like an, an old memory of something. I have one. Um, a Trevor Gray. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Yes. And Shout out. he has been a mentor. He's been an incredible force in my life um even as i started uh working at black app and volunteering 
And it's actually interesting. He's allowed me to take one photograph of, not one photograph, but I had a photo session with him. And I'm actually thinking about that now that I never gave it to him. Uh, we were, I was looking at uh, utilizing some nude images and he trusts me enough to be mm -hmm. able to do that. And not a lot of people, trust me when I say not a lot of people, uh, trust me in a sense of, it's hard to get people to say, yes, I'll, I'll model nude with mm -hmm. you, right? And obviously, um, I keep that trust and not expose that for anything. But um, he would be the person that got me into the work around HIV and AIDS mm -hmm. and the work at Black Cap and mm -hmm. being able to, to, you know, the importance of having incredible family and, cho and chosen family. Mm -hmm. And I'm also coming from where I grew up in the Children's Aid Society. Mm -hmm. And so I was always this person that walked around without family, right? And so Black Cap provided that for me. Mm -hmm. And so being able to give back and also seeing um, a number of LGBTQ individuals and being able to see them in in the space, but outside of the space and being able to kind of just hold space for family. Mm -hmm. And I think for Trevor, that that has been my grounding. Wow. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, I would have to say, I've got to, I'd have to say Janet. Mm. Because when I, and we, we joke about this all the time, when I ventured into this community, I met her at the road. You know, she's. I, I get a lot of my PR skills and ability from her, just being able to walk up to people and talk to them and, you know, make them feel comfortable. She just came up to me and just started talking to me. And, you know, there's still a lot that I don't know and I don't understand. And um, she was so patient with me as a friend um, through me being a part of this community, navigating the community, navigating business within the community, um, you know, always trying to do the right thing. You know, she just, anytime I had a question about anything, because I was just learning, right? Um, whether it be about, you know, experiencing sexuality or, you know, I could just always talk to her about everything. And she was always so open and always included me. Anything that was going on, Polly, da 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 even sometimes where I didn't feel, you know, I talked about being an, an introvert very much that way. Um, she would say, you have to come to this, get up and come. <laughs> you know, I know you don't, because I would rather just be home. Mm -hmm. But even tonight, like me saying yes to this, it's not that I, I, I don't know. I think it's because I, I read Year of Yes again. And I was like, okay, say yes to things, Polly. You know, it's not that I don't want to be here. It's just, I'm like that. I'm a bit of an introvert. And she just took me under her wing, you know, and up to this day, I can still call her and say, Janet, you know what's it, blah, 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 and just speak straight to her, Polly, don't, you can't say that like that, make sure she's gonna go to her road and say it like that, you know? <laughs> you're a PR person. Yeah, to, to this day, and taught me a lot about business, the community, everything, and the, the other person is, uh, he's, he's passed away, Malston Anderson. Yes, yes, And yes. I remember, I'll tell a quick story, I, I have, my family, I'm lucky enough to be one of those people. And I remember every year he would ask me, he taught me about, uh, this is when 
no shade to anything, but this is when I witnessed true outreach in the gay clubs. Not just dropping off mm-hmm. the, the condoms because it's they want to come, shade at all, honey. Because they wanna no come into my party. I stopped answering calls after he passed away, right? He would come in and actually engage. speak to and engage with the young people. And often I'd hear him say, Menalukino. <laughs> I am just letting you know, like, you know what I mean? Because, of course, you're yes. approaching, think that, you know? Yes. So I would hear that speech in the bathroom all the time. We'd go, yeah, Anthony is talking to some, you know? But anyways, uh, one year, he would invite me for dinner every year, Christmas. He had a dinner at his home. Mm-hmm. Not a very big home. It was a one or two bedroom. And he would have a Christmas dinner Food. every year. And every year I would miss it. And this is people... And I'll say this, I'm glad this is public. If I don't show up to something, it's not because I don't like you, I'm throwing shade, I'm upset or whatever. It's either I'm doing my introvert thing where I'm in a mood because that happens or I can't make it or I'm traveling or I'm working, right? So I would always go home for Christmas, so I never come. So the one year, in Secho, me and my Christmas thing, you know, but me not invited because you know, not come. <laughs> and he was very direct. Yes, yes. And I said, you know what, Anthony? Actually, this year, I'm not going home for Christmas. And I came, and let me tell you something. People were sitting on each other, mm-hmm. and women said, food. I've been there. <laughs> Young people that yeah. have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Okay? Container, you're leaving with a container too. Yeah. You ate, and you're leaving with containers. The vibe, the energy, some youth, all age groups, male, women, men, trans, everything. He just gave, he gave, he gave. He gave and gave, he was the first person to teach me about you know, just HIV within the, 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 the you know, uh, women and some of the things I needed to do to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And but I think so because you understand that you need, you know, he would really. So he made a difference because he was one of the people I could go to, you know, for outreach, inf- sorry, sorry, information. Mm-hmm. He was always there for you, always yeah. there for the community. He was. Like yeah. when I say people on top of people, you know. And nobody giving a care yeah. in the world. Everybody's having a, having a good time. He did Christmas, Easter, like anything. That's beautiful. That's yeah. one of the things that we're missing in our community, actually. We don't have people doing that stuff like younger people. That's, that's why I see Bahamas. That's why I talk about the Bahamas, the mm. Bahamian crew. They do yes. their own thing yeah. when it comes to Christmas. And I live for that so much because of the same thing. Like, I just know that they're missing their family and all that stuff. So them doing that is... Is doing a lot more than just coming together for Christmas, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I live for that. I, li- I believe that holidays should be a lot... There should be a lot more in the community happening around holidays. And I guess, like, we're just experiencing the void because the person is no longer with us, mm-hmm. right? Um, I thank you for mentioning them. It's going to be Yeah, sure. Um, I'd say Douglas Stewart. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Douglas Stewart has been my my mentor and and friend since I started to come out in the early eighties in high school. Um, Douglas took me on my first gay bar tour. <laughs> Work. <laughs> one one night after a Zami meeting, he's like, "Okay, let me take you around." <laughs> Um, so Douglas Stewart and connected with Douglas Stewart are, are two women, um, Makeda Silvera mm-hmm. and Stephanie Martin. Makeda and Stephanie had a home. Makeda still has his home on Doosan Street. And if you see Philip Pike's film, uh, Our Dance of Revolution, mm-hmm. he talks about that home. 
and that home, Douglas lived in that home, Debbie Douglas lived in that home. There are all kinds of people's names I could call who lived in that home. And that space was like our black queer 519. Wow. wow. It was from that space that ZAMI was organized, that, you know, I, uh, like a lot of things that we created, ended up created, uh, you know, came out of that space because Stephanie and Makeda opened up their home to, to all of us who had homes but didn't feel warm or welcome in them. Mm. So I was leaving Malvern <laughs> to come and hang out in that space. When we planned the International Lesbian and Gay People of Color Conference, Toronto edition in 1988, we organized from that home. The organizers took a photograph in, the back, in their backyard. Um, Sister Vision Press, mm-hmm. the first um, Black women and women of color press yep. in Canada for how many decades was run out of that home. Um, and so I can't talk about, you know, being a Black queer man and organizing and archiving, creating art or whatever, and not talk about the role of, of Black feminists like Stephanie and Makeda and the importance of their role in, in terms of building the foundation for how we organize, how we work collectively, mm-hmm. and the kinds of things that we value and do. So, I mean, those are, you know, a few names that, that come to mind, but I, I could go on. That's really beautiful. Thank you guys for sharing Aww. those names and those stories and for being so vulnerable with that stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was really selfish to me. I just wanted you guys to do that because, like... That's a great question. Um, yeah. What yeah, about you? Yeah, there's something what so beautiful about, about that. Um, Turn around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't think about that, did you? Did- <laughs> 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 you really wrapped up. Hey, I really was. I had the whole ready to no fall shit. off the tongue and everything. Um... People that inspire me. We put you on the spot. Oh my God, no. You can do a part two. I do have it. Okay. I'm fully lying because I was going to do something for Black History Month to shout out these Black people. Um, and I actually wrote it all out. Yes. <laughs> this is so funny. So, um, I put, uh, first I put my uncle because he is um, a pastor of the church and him as a leader, I've always tried to emulate just the style of speaking and mm-hmm. like that whole pastory vibe. I always got it from him. Uh, I grew up wanting to be a pastor and everything, and I was always emulating my uncle. I never had my dad like that, so he was never had my dad in the spiritual world. Let me say it like that, because my dad wasn't Christian. Mm-hmm. My uncle was the one that I was looking up to as far as spirituality. So, um, yeah, him. Community leader, I put Douglas Stewart. (laughs) And Jill Andrew. Yes. Um, So, yeah, Douglas Stewart. uh, Like, you said all the things that he's done. And literally, for those reasons, I live for Douglas Stewart. I just, I'm so inspired by him. And I want to impact community, like, on the level that he has. Because he's done it for real. (laughs) Okay? Not, like, the surface impact that girls talk about. Nah, nah. Like, the work that he's done is felt right now. 30 years later. Right now, we're still feeling it. That is what I want to look like. That is the kind of impact I want to make. And he's an Aquarius like me. What is <laughs> supposed to happen? January. That's really what it is. Fine, fine. Aquarius. That must be it. That must be it. Oh my God, trusted you. I don't know how I moved just now. Sorry. Yes. And so you guys know I'm part of the barroom community. Mm-hmm. Um, so a person that I have, that's, I have a couple of people in the barroom community, but um the, my primary role model in the barroom scene, he actually doesn't even vulgar anything. His name is Michael Roberson. Um, I worked with him on curating the Journey to Black Liberation Symposium. So he, I've worked with him mm-hmm. before. But before that, he was like, um, 
those bigger ball projects like your POCC, um, which was connected to MAD, which is like the something of African descent. Oh my God. Um, in New York City, sorry, a couple of organizations in New York that mm-hmm. were uh, doing that work in ballroom spaces. So, GMAD or, or GMAD? Sorry, let me yeah. say MAD. Sorry, GMAD. You got African descent. Thank you, thank yes, you, thank yes. you. So he was working with them to do some PLCC stuff, um, and he's the one that does like when it talks about doing that community work that you're talking about in the club spaces yes. that Malston did. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael thinks about how to to create those. Um, things in ballroom and he actually is the person that started and created the 3MV project which we did in Canada mm, yes, 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 yes. Um, he's a brilliant brilliant yes. man mm-hmm. and I look up to Michael Robertson who was also an Aquarius I swear <laughs> that's not the reason I swear that's not the reason I swear that's not the reason it's just a thing that it's just a thing like yeah um, but yes and then for voguing I look up to Leomi um, Leomi Maldonado everybody knows who she is but as far as like her in her career and not rushing anything and literally waiting for it to be like waiting for timing to happen not just like rushing anything um even as far as you know she's a trans woman and there was a lot of mockery to uh done to her because she wouldn't just feed into getting like um body modifications Mm -hmm. right um because she's a dancer and she always wanted to have like that dancer's body so her focus was different Mm -hmm. right and now um we're seeing that She's getting so much benefits from waiting, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And now she's getting the celebrity life and the doctors are coming to her without a professional and blah, blah, blah. So the patients just took her on her way because of the talent that she already had in her. Like, the world is her oyster because of the talent that she really has mm-hmm. within her. And I just, I'm so inspired by that. Um, yeah, I really like your root, your talent will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. Like, I believe that mm-hmm. stuff so much. And seeing people that have, like, that live that, live that out inspires me and that's why I live for her um, and I don't have no celebrities or nothing like that there's like all the people that I'm inspired by <laughs> I'm sorry I know them in your life yes <laughs> I know them somehow some way um, because I really do take inspiration from the life around me and people around me so when I say things to you guys I'm not just like picking it out of my ass or just saying it for like lip service like I can you were never that guy yeah I'm never I'm sorry I was never that I'm person like, I don't waste youth, my I don't waste my guy. words no. I don't waste my words I mean it, I mean what I say yeah. because I'm inspired by it and that's why I'm so glad to have you guys come on the show today um, and share the stuff with you guys and I hope that people who are watching can see the importance of creating spaces archiving and documenting because years later when we're looking back we want to be able to look back at something we want to be able to look at something and have feelings invoked with us and spark conversations that just you know never end because we're always correcting each other and you know somebody might have forgot something like you said um so my encouragement to everybody that is watching this is to see the importance of documenting and remember that when you are documenting, you don't necessarily have to share it, mm-hmm. right? You can just document it and hold on to it because it will... Everything has some uh, sort of value in somebody's life. So mm-hmm. documenting, archiving is very, very important because you do not know who might not who might not have been able, you know, to take some kind of note or picture or something of the opportunity. So whenever you can, take a picture, save a flyer, <laughs> when you see somebody He's doing businesses yeah when you see somebody <laughs> come back for um, doing something in the business and you see them going on their way you know you might be able to archive something for them you know yeah. little things little things um, thank you all again you. for thank being you. on the show and thank today thank you Roseanne for, for thank you guys thank you guys thank you guys thank you guys for living the lives 
that you've done. And this was the episode of The Plot Twist. Um, I don't have no big shady end because there's no shady end to this. Thank you all. And that was The Plot Twist. Thank you.